Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Talk Recorded live. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His Holy Name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His Holy Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God the kingdom, power and glory, now forever. Amen. Amen. We thank God for our brother Michael for the prayers and the afternoon for our Tuesday night Bible study. Amen. We thank God for those who have joined us as well as those who have called in to listen at our broadcast. We do pray that our lesson on tonight may be a blessing to one and all. We are happy and elated to be back in in our study once again. Uh, We have been out for a couple of weeks due to illness. But thank God that he has blessed and delivered, healed and set free. God is still in the healing business. Somebody need to know that God is still the same God today as he was yesterday and forevermore. And whatever he did before, he can do it again. Amen. The problem with uh, some people is that they don't get it because they don't believe it. The Bible says that it that all things are possible to those that believe. So you got to first believe in order to receive. Our lesson on tonight will be continuation from where we left off at in 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel chapter 22. I will be reading to you from the King James Version. Therefore, if you have a Gideon, an IV, or any other type of Bible other than the King James, then some of your verses of Scripture may read a little differently than mine. From 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 1. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, and the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. The God of my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and my horn of salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death come past me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell come past me about. The snares of death prevented me in my distress. I called upon the Lord and cried to my God. And he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of heaven moved and shook because he was wroth. There went up a smoke out of his nostrils, and fire out of his mouth devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon the chariot and did fly, and he was seen upon the wings of the, uh, of the wind. And he made darkness pavilion round about him, dark waters and thick clouds of skies. To the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared. 
the foundation of the world were discovered. At the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils, he said from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, but they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanliness of my hand had he recompensed me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgment were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I was also upright before him and he and have kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord had recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in his eyesight. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. And with thy upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the forward, thou wilt show thyself unsavory. And the afflicted people, thou wilt save. But thine eyes are upon the hearty that thou mayest bring them down. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust him. For who is God? Save the Lord. And who is a rock? Save our God. God is my rock. I mean, God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hind's feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to walk, so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation, and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them and turned out again until I had consumed them. And I have consumed them and wounded, and wounded them that they could not arise. Yea, they are fallen under my feet. Thou hast girded me with strength to battle. Them that rose up against me hast thou subdued under me. Thou hast also given me the neck of my enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. They looked, but there was none to save, even unto the Lord, but he answered them not. Then did I beat them as small as the dust of the earth. I did stamp them as the mire of the street, and did spread them abroad. Thou, hast, thou also hast delivered me from the striving of my people. Thou hast kept me to be head of the heathen, a people which I knew not shall serve me. Strangers shall submit themselves also shall, strangers shall submit themselves unto me. As soon as they hear, they shall be obedient unto me. Strangers shall fade away, and they shall fall be, and they shall be afraid out of their close places. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. It is God that avenged me, and that bringeth down the people under me. And thou bringeth me forth 
from my enemies. Thou also hast lifted me up on high, above them that rose up against me. Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and I will sing praises unto thy name. Here's the tower of thy salvation. Of, here's the tower of salvation for his king. And show it mercy to his anointed unto David and to his seed forevermore. Second Samuel chapter 22 verses 1 to verse 51. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and doer of his holy and anointed word. Amen. Thank God for the word of God. David said, the word is a lamp unto my feet and is a light unto my pathway. It helped me to see my way a little clearer. Even during my dog days, it helped me to see a little clearer than I ever saw before. So we thank God for what? The word. We need the word. The Bible says that grass may fade and flowers may wither, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. Amen. It's going to always be the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Amen. So we can't make it without the word, right? Matter of fact, the Lord said, without me, you can do nothing. So everything about God is concerning his word. That's why we as believers need God's word. We need the word. As much as we need the word, that's how much the enemy tries to keep us away from the word. Isn't that something? That lets you know how powerful God's word is. That lets you know how much we need it. It's something like, like, like parents be trying to tell children, you need them vegetables. You know, you need this to, 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 to your body. You need this for this, and you need this for that. But, but children don't like vegetables. They're like sweet. They're like junk food. They don't want to eat vegetables. They don't want to eat healthy food. And that's the same thing with the Word of God. The more we express and, and to people how much we need the Word, the more God expresses to us, the less of the Word we want. We find every excuse not to eat, oh, that, them vegetables make me sick. I throw up when I eat them, that, that, that kind of spinach and stuff. It don't make, I, don't, I don't like that. And so there's some things in the world that we may not like, and it may not good, be good to, to us, but it's good for us. And so we need the word. We can't make it without the word of God. David is doing that very thing here. He's expressing how much he needs God. Anybody in here know how much they need God? We can't make it from one day to the next while God. Soon as problems hit and something happens out of the ordinary, what's the first thing we holler? Oh, Lord. We call on him right then and there. Without thought. Without a thought. You ever snatch your hand or hit your hand and yell, oh, Lord. Huh? That's the first thing we call on. He's the, he's, the, he's the last one that we come to. Hey, that's something. <laughs> he's the first one we call on in problems and in stress and in pain and in affliction, but he's the last one that we come to. David is expressing all of his gratitude toward God. Now, this, this, this chapter, 
David have already told us from the first beginning of the scripture that it's a song. This is a song that David made to God. And he's expressing to God how much God means to him. I remember uh, when my wife and I got, had met, when we got married, and they had this song by uh, Natalie Cole. And she used to always say, this is our song. Do you remember that song, honey? Oh, yeah, I remember. Our love will grow strong as the trees. Yeah, I remember. But, but what I'm saying, David is expressing this, this, how he feel about God in this song. And that's the same thing we do, you know, with daughter in life. You know, we, we remember the good times, the times that we fell in love and how time was, was to its highest height with our affection towards one another. And, we, and it's a song. Tell you have a song? This is what I'm saying. Somebody know what I'm talking about. We all have a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. We all have something that we can relate to as far as it's coming down to somebody we have a certain affection towards. And this is the same thing that David is saying here in this 22nd chapter. He said this is a song that he's making out to God. Not to nobody else. He's expressing how he feels towards God and what all God had meant to him. And the very first thing he talks about is about how God is his rock and his salvation and his fortress, his deliverer. And I believe God has been all of that to us. I believe God has been all of that to us. Do I have a witness in the house? He's been that and some. He's been that and some. He said, he's my horn. He's the horn of my salvation. He's my shield. He said, in him will I trust. He's my refuge, my savior. He is the one that saved me from the violence. He saved me from, from violence. He's, he kept me from doing something that I shouldn't be doing. A lot of times we be saying, you know, I started to do such and such, but something told me. That's God talking to you. God will talk to you, but we as the people is the one who have to react to what God is saying. The Bible says he that have an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Now, where's the church? Where's the church? It's not this building. This is a sanctuary where we come, where the church meet at. This is where the church meet in this sanctuary. And so he said, I'm speaking to you. He said, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. He said, if any man will open, I'll come in and sup with him and he with me. He said, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I'm just going over some things we had studied and went through just to recall our attention and our mind back because we've been out of study for a couple of weeks. He said, I will call upon the Lord who is what? Is he worthy to you? Is he worthy in your life? David said he's worthy to be praised. I guess he only, he's only worthy to people who've been through something. Maybe some people in here haven't been through nothing, haven't been through enough to know that God is worthy to be praised. He says, so, so, shall I save, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Now, how is we, he saved? Through the praises. 
through the praises, God will act out for you. Through the praises, through, through you acknowledging him as being your God, God will fight for you. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. So to let you know, David wasn't so bad, even though he faced Goliath the giant, he still had fear of something inside of him that he still needed God for. There's something we can get past that we think that we can have on our own, but there always will be something that rise up in our life that you, baby, going to need God. And I believe that it hadn't been too long ago where we was praying every hour, fasting, for six hours a day. Because why? We needed God to work a miracle in same life. And the miracle he worked in his life made us a better people. Yeah. Ever with huh? It made us stronger. It made our prayer life better. Why? Because we depended and trusted in the Lord. Not in the resources of the hospital, the doctor, all the, all the apparatus that was hooked up to say But our trust was in the Lord. And what, what, what was it that compares him? The waves of death. Anybody ever saw death before? I thought you was close to it? By accident or somebody wanted to, was after you? I, I didn't saw death before. He said, death compares me, it's right by me. Thank God it didn't stop. Thank God death didn't stop. Hmm. But guess what? It might have compared you before, but it's coming back. They got this song about death and the beautiful lady, how he was in the neighborhood and the, and the lady was in the mirror admiring how, how pretty she was. And death stopped by and knocked at the door and said, oh, come on in. And he said, who are you? He said, I'm dead. And she, he said, look, he said, I didn't come for you this time. He said, but I was just in the neighborhood, and I had heard about you. I just had to come and see for myself who you was. And she told him, said, look, when you do come back for me, send me a warning. And the, bottom, uh, the, the, the song goes on to say that as time passed, she began to go start to get wrinkles. And so she went and bought her some, some makeup, start putting on the wrinkles to hide the wrinkles. Her eyes got dim. She got mascara and put up on her eyes. She got gray hairs in her head, and she went and died, stopped dying her hair. And so after she did all of this, she heard a knock at the door. And the song said that the lady was so pretty and so well-liked in the community, she didn't even have to lock her door. And so she said, oh, the door open. Come on in. And she said, who are you? She said, who that is? She said, this is, he said, this is dead. And she said, oh, you're in the neighborhood. She said, he said, no. See, I'm in the neighborhood, see, but I come for you this time. And she said, well, I thought I told you to send me a warning. He said, you remember the wrinkles that you went and bought that makeup for the hide? That was me. So you remember the mascara you put on your eyes when your eyes got dim and, and, and got the, the dye to put in your hair when it got gray? So that was my warning. I was sending you a warning that I was on my way back. <laughs> Anybody feel a little different than they was when they were a little younger? <laughs> Any aches and pains is hitting you? Anything that you need the doctor for? To help you out with, that's, he's sending you a warning. And so David said, death compassed him. And we know that David was a man of war, right? So many times, any time he went into battle, he could have lost his life. 
Do you realize every time you leave out your house, you can lose your life? Do you realize every time you lay your head on your pillow to go to sleep at night, it doesn't necessarily mean you can wake up the next morning? How many times you hear people say, oh, they, went, they, they didn't seem like they were sick when they went to bed. And I went in the room to call them, but they wouldn't wake up. I found them like this. So you don't necessarily have to be sick to die through the night. David said, death come past me. And the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. They got some people that don't care nothing about you. Don't care how, they don't care how much you love God. They don't care about you, neither God. The sorrows of hell compassed me about the snares of death, prevented me. In my distress, and all of these things I saw, and all of these times he said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and he did, and my cry did enter into his ear. That's when you know your prayers is being heard. Even though it haven't been answered, you got to know that when you pray, that is entering into God's ear. That's why, look, I, I, I was just thinking just the other day, right before we had Sunday service, when I was in, in, the, in, the, in the room studying, I hear my wife say all the time, it pays to serve God. And they got a song that says, payday is coming after a while. You never know when you're going to need God to show up for you. Who would have knew that, that this stuff would have happened to Sam? And I'm not talking about one time. We're talking about the time that he could have died when his kidneys failed. Him and Michael could have died on the table when, they, when Michael was donating the kidney. All of these times, we need God. Didn't that people went under anesthesia and didn't wake up? I heard somebody, it wasn't too long ago, somebody had had something happen and they, went, they gave him some anesthesia and they went into a coma. But when you got a relationship with God and you can call upon him and, and knowing that he hear your prayers and you have an assurance that things going to work out because you talk to God, David said his, his prayers entered into God's ear. Then the earth shook and trembled. God got busy. God got busy. He ain't talking about no thunder and no lightning. The earth shook, which means that he stopped moving things around for David. Why? Because David was calling on him. David was in trouble. David had need of him. And God got busy. The, the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of heaven moved and shook. Why? Because God was angry. God was wrong. Somebody had to mess with his child. If the Bible says it's a, a terrible, terrible thing to fall in the hands of an angry God, if he said that, that it's best for a man to live up on the housetop than to be in a house with an with a angry woman, how much more God be angry if you mess with one of his children? He said it's best to be cast in the sea than to mess with one of his little ones. Uh, I ain't going to mess with you, Titi. <laughs> he says best that you be cast into the deep blue sea than to mess with his little ones, to mess with one of his children. 
there went up a smoke out of his nostrils. Now, this is just an expression of showing how angry God was, because you can't see God. And so, so David expressing the anger that God felt when, when God, when David called upon him, because he was in distress. There went out a smoke out of his nostrils and fire out of his mouth, devoured. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down and darkness was under his feet. Look what God would do for you. He brought heaven down. He made heaven even bow down. Because God was upset about what was going on with his servant David. David was his anointed. The Bible said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm." You have to be careful how you touch and, and talk about God's people. Don't touch them. Don't talk about them. You know, the, when, when the children of Israel was leaving out of Egypt, the Bible said that God didn't even allow a dog to wag his, his, his tail or his, his tongue at him. Now, that's a dog. What do you think about people? He bowed the heavens also and came down, and darkness was under his feet. And he rode upon the cherub and did fly. And he was seen upon the wings of the wind. Now, a cherub, we know is what? An angel, right? That's the thing that they had upon the mercy seat that faced one another up over the Ark of the Covenant where the Word of God was at. And so it lets you know that God had what? Angels assigned to you. We got angels assigned to us to watch over us. Oh, yeah. To watch over us. The Bible says the angels is like God. They're God's messengers. Now, we know God's eyes is in every place. Behold, the evil and the good. You know, he have all this because he have angels assigned to you. They, they are his messengers that bring messages back, back and forward. A stranger. Because it could be an angel. Unaware. You could be unaware that who you're dealing with. Sometimes God has sent somebody in here in raggedy, dirty clothes, smelling like who know what. And you never know that that's a messenger that God has sent to the church or sent to you, and he's going to see how you're going to react or treat this individual. So the Bible says be careful how you entertain a stranger because it could be an angel that you're unaware of. When the three angels came down to talk to Abraham when he was on the way to Sodom and Gomorrah, the Bible said Abraham, he recognized who they was. He recognized that these were godly men. And so what he did, he entertained them with food and with water. And because he entertained them, he said, look, we're not going to hide this thing from Abraham, what we're going to do. And so they, so they went to Abraham and told him, look, we're on our way to Sodom and Gomorrah. And we're going to destroy the place. And when Abraham knew that they were going, when it was said to him, knowing that Lot was down there, he pleaded for the city. He pleaded for them. And he went all the way from 50 all the way down to 10 and said, if you find 10 righteous in the city, would you save the whole city? Now Lot, his wife, two daughters, and they was married. That's six people. So all they had to do was win over four, and the whole city could have been saved. But the two guys that was married to Lot's daughters, they liked it men. Even after they was warned that, they, that God was going to destroy the city, they wouldn't even leave out the place. Because they had such affection for the men that was there. 
Lord help us. He rode upon a chariot and did fly and was seen upon the wings of the wind. And he made darkness pavilion round about him and waters and thick clouds of the skies. Through the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven. Now he's letting you know all of these things that God did coming to see about David. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. And he set out arrows and scattered them, and scattered them, lightning and discomfited them. Now he's talking about the enemies of David that had came out against him. This is what God did. God got all kind of, he let you know, I got, he got all kind of resources to fight for you. You know, a lot of times we think that because somebody, somebody put us in a certain position, that it was something that you did. It wasn't anything you did. It was something God did for you. God will put certain people in your life, let certain people cross your path to help promote you to the next level. That's why I pay to serve God. I remember when we were sitting in church one, 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 one Bible study night. Pastor Cross was in the, was in the lesson, and all of a sudden he came about he said, he said, Brother Evans, he said, a lot came in to tell you that he placed you in the hearts of the people. He said, they what would you have? He said, be ready when they come. And he went back into the lesson. Just out of the blue, stop talking. He might have been talking about whatever he was talking about. But then all of a sudden he stopped. And, he, and, and I'm in the church pack. And he called out my name and told me, he said, what the Lord said. And so when he's saying that God will place you in people's heart at a certain time in life that you will need them, that they would be there for you. Now, I, who knows what he, I didn't know what he was talking about, but when we came here from the flood, God placed us in Pastor Dylan's heart. As much as, we, as they've been a blessing to us, it didn't come out of his mouth. He didn't testify. We've been even a greater blessing unto them. You never know what you have, son, that you can that you can give to this world to make it better, to make a, pe- a, a person like different. We look at ourselves as if though we don't have nothing to offer to people or to the world or to the ministry. But there's a lot God placed in you just by being who you are. You don't have to look. That's why God, the Bible says, we are beautifully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are unique in ourselves. And whatever it is that we draw people to us, whatever God placed in us, that's, that's a gift God gave you. So why try to be who you're not rather than embrace who we are? There's something that God can place inside you that nobody else has that will cause you to draw people to you that you can be an effective witness for God. But instead of us trying to embrace who we are, we're trying to be somebody else. I heard uh, Bishop uh, T.D. Jake say he would rather be a, 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 a perfect copy of himself than to be a carbon copy of anybody else.
And he sent out arrows and scattered them, and discomfited them. And the channels of the sea appeared, and the foundations of the world were discovered. At the rebuking of the Lord, at the blast of his breath of his nostrils, he sent from above, and he took me. He drew me out of many waters. Now, what happened to you if you're in some deep water and you can't swim? And you hear these youngsters say, man, you don't want to get in these waters. Say, you, say, you got in these waters now, you have to fend for yourself. And so, more or less, David is saying, you know, he drew him out of some trouble. He got him out of a whole lot of things that he got himself in. And, and I believe that I have a witness in the house as well as somebody who might be called in, knowing that we didn't got ourselves into a whole lot of mess that we couldn't get ourselves out of. But God delivered us. And God was the one who led us into that mess. We did it on our own. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. Now he's talking about two different entities here. Listen to what this word scripture says. He delivered me from my strong enemy, period. We all have them. Whether it's a person or whether it's, it's some type of entity that entered into our lives, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's some sexual thing or whatever it may be, lying, stealing, cheating, or whatever. It's an enemy. It's a stronghold. Okay? That's the very first thing he said he, he delivered him from. And now he's talking about something else. The word and means a continuation, right? And from them that hated me. Now, that's a bad thing, boy. When you got something that's on you that you know you need to get rid of, then plus you got people after you who don't like you, that hate you, that's some strong stuff to deal with. We know we are, we, are, we as parents we, and have children, got bills and things. We know we got to work, right? We know we got to work. But when you got people that's working against you to the place where you know you got to go make a living. <laughs> Somebody with you who got a job know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you got enemies. They don't like the position that you have, the position that you're in, so they're going to fight you. They're going to fight you. They don't like the position that you have with God, so the devil's going to fight you. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. So they're pulling down the stronghold through, through strong van imagination. People will think the worst of you because of the position you hold, not only, not only with, with, with materialistic things, but the place that you hold with God. The same way God is a spirit, what do you think the devil is? He's a spirit too. He's, he is an angel. He's a fallen angel, so he's a spirit. And when he fell, the Bible said a third of the angels fell with him because they believed in him more than God. He was the most prettiest angel in heaven to the point that he thought that he would take his seat above God and rule, and God cast him out of heaven. He led the choir. He was a choir director. And he had all of those that sang 
that, that was singing the, 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 the songs of, of Zion uh, and giving praise to God, he, he, he fooled them too. And so they fell with him. He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. You got to know that the thing that you're doing is too strong for you. And see, whenever we, we try and fight what come out against us in our flesh, you're going to fail. You're going to come out on the losing end. Of above, you know the upstairs they had in the back? Oh, that's that. 
People sitting down on stairways coming going upstairs. They're sitting all on the stairs. They have got churches in the office. People sitting in churches in the back, in chairs in the back of the church. Bible study. Tell me, mom.
Because I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard for me to receive the pastor that said not. I had a problem with receiving it. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't relate to his teaching. Coming from where I had gotten, from where I was, I couldn't relate to his teaching. And I told him I could not relate to any I, I did, too. But I could not relate to But that, you know. I, I, I tell you, I relate to him a lot. You know, I mean, when I was on business, when I, uh, every time I was going to business, I definitely relate to him. Yeah. We used, to, we used to go there and baptize. See, before you came, before Pastor Cross died, you know. He was saying like the rest of y'all, right? Yeah, yeah, we right. but, but whenever he preached, he was, a lot of people related him like a love disciple, Joan. He always preached about love. He never would preach against sin or, or not. He always preached about love. <laughs> when he became pastor, yeah. Yeah, because you was there at the time when he preached about, about Jezebel. Yeah. 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 But you see the thing about it, see I knew where he was coming from because we as ministers is not our position to chastise the children of the church. The children of the church is to be chastised by the father of the church. And Pastor Cross was the father of the church. Good preacher. problem with any church that has another study that might be in one thing this week, then they're over into right, something else right, the next right. week. Rather than a continue see how 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 I looked at it, 
how Pastor Cross taught us, to show us from the beginning how the church was formed, what happened to the people of God, what happened, what caused them to fall after God and showed them so much and had such a relationship. Because that's everyday life. That's everyday life. And life, life is like a soap opera, just like on TV. You don't jump from one story to another story. It's a continuation of the way the Bible should be taught. Yeah. Because it's so important. Because it speaks to right where we live at. Bible said that the world 
will love their own. But you, they will hate. See, once the world have embraced one another for whatever it's, it's doing at that period of time, they're going to embrace one another. They're not going to embrace righteousness because righteousness is the thing that shines a light upon their darkness. This thing that happened out in Orlando, it stays on the news ever since then. And they said that this woman that was over the, the services of some of those people that had perished in that, in that incident, I forget what the percentage, it was a large percentage. Yes, the, 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 the congregation of people, the, co the congregation of people that was there was a large crowd of gay people. And they spoke it in, in, in a sense of acceptance uh, of some type of pity or, or, or heart towards these people. They're not saying, they didn't have anything to say about the lifestyle. They had everything to say more or less that they have the right to be who they are and that they was there for them. And the, and the, and the, and the large percentage of that congregation that was there when this person spoke, was from the gay community. And you know what one of the guys said? One of the guys said, because of this incident, I believe they was on there with New Orleans. You know, New Orleans, they have that, that, that decadent. They said, yeah, they was on there with it. They say that they were scheduled to leave from there and go to New Orleans to this. He said, and we're not going to, Allow this to place fear in us because you know what the guy said? We are not going back into the closet. Woo! I said, wow. And I told my wife, I said, now these people here is willing to die for what they believe in, but the church is not willing to live for what they believe in. God asked us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. But these people here is willing to sacrifice their life to death. They said, we're not going to let this put fear in us. We're going to New Orleans to this festival and say we're not going back into to no closet. Say, wow. That's what they say. But you know, but you know, but if, if, if we could really take time and look at the whole picture, Bible is not going to be healed. It's not. Because men is not one of his daughters. The Bible is fulfilling itself. The Bible says that wickedness sets in high places. Heard of. 
wasn't heard of, wasn't wasn't discussed. You got senators, you got governors, you got you got senators that's coming out the closet with wives and children.
That's a financial move. They're paying hard to, ma- to marry them so they can become a citizen of the United States. The Lord asked through the prophet Jeremiah. He said, is there not a person in the city? He said, is there a bomb in Gilead? He said, then how come my people are not healed? Now, he wasn't talking about healing from a physical sickness. He's talking about a spiritual sickness because Israel had walked away and turned their back on God. The same God who brought them to the promised land. And so he said, well, we got all of these prophets. We got these preachers. He said, is there not a physician in the city that he healed from their sin? He said, is there not a bomb in Gilead? Gilead? The bomb was a medication that they gave for pain. So he's talking about two different things. A healing for the, of the people from sin and a healing from the pain that the people was in. He said that if, there's, if they have a prophet or physician in the city, and if there's a medication for the pain, he said, then what is the world? Why are these people? It's not healed yet. That was the question he asked. He said, then how come they're not healed?
You know, you know what, what Pastor Cross said when he was living? That the Lord told him, don't let people sit comfortably in the church in sin. That's, how he, that's why they spoke so much out against sin in the church. And we, as ministers that came up unto him, we adopted what was in him. We, 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 we more or less had his kindred spirit to the point that whenever he sent us out to a church where they had a funeral, somebody had died that, that, that was maybe connected to him or a, a good hope in some kind of way of the family, he sent us out to represent the church. And when they saw us and knew where we came from, they didn't allow us to speak in the church because they knew that one of the things that was going to come out of our mouth is about sin. And so they wouldn't let us speak in the church. They, they introduced us and say, you know, we thank God for Brother Evans. You know, he came out of from Good Hope. Uh, his pastor is Pastor uh, uh, Eddie Cross. But they didn't let us get up and say nothing. Some churches we did, but it was a lot. It was a lot of them. No, they had a mark on us. Now, the thing about it, the thing about it, the way I was, the way what you were saying, the way our society have, have, have embraced this, this same-sex marriage and stuff, and they're coming up in that generation, they accept it. And so, and so when they accept it, it's not the fact that, that it's all right with her as an individual. She just go along with the program because that's the society. Okay, that's that's the society, and so when we accept what society give us, then people sit comfortably in sin. But if she, if she, or blah blah, or whoever, me, you, your wife, Michael, whoever, stand up and speak out against sin, so people don't feel comfortable in the position that they're living in, maybe they may turn their lives around. Maybe they may look. We as the people, God is saying to you and I, give Him something to fight with, to work with. But we're not giving God something to work with. What changes us is the conviction that God brings on us when we're in sin. Before I became to the knowledge of the word of God, the Bible, look what the Bible says in the book of Romans. He says, the law of God was introduced to man so that we would be knowledgeable about what sin was. Before the law came, there was no sin. Now, people are doing the same thing. Before the law. Before God gave him the, the law about from the from, 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 Mo, from the time God spoke to Moses in Exodus, giving the Ten Commandments all the way through the book of Deuteronomy. Those is the, is the five books of the law. Genesis through Deuteronomy is the five books of the law. And it spelled out what sin was, what God was displeased with. And God used the law to make the people he called different people than the people of the world. Nothing different from you and I than people who hanging out on the street corner other than the fact that we accepted Christ as our Savior and we are governed by a different set of rules. They're governed by the, by the street. Look, when I was out in the street, some people were smoking weed, some people were dropping pills, some people were just alcoholics, some people were shooting dope. But we was all accepted by one another because we was all out there doing more or less the same thing. That was the rule of law for the street. Now, we are governed by a different set of rules by the word of God. And so that's the only thing that makes us different from the people who's not in Christ 
opposed to the people that are in Christ because we are governed by a different set of rules. In the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that when he comes, he would be the Prince of Peace, the wonderful God, the wonderful counselor. He would, and, said, and the Bible says that the government will be upon his shoulders. He would carry the law. The government is the one that gives the law, right? We are governed by the law. And so the Bible says in the book of Isaiah, the government will be upon his shoulders. And so we are guided and governed by the laws of God. Same way you got parking signs out there, and they call that an ordinance. That's the law, an ordinance that was, that, that, was, that, was, that was voted on by the city council to say that this place here is, is not proper for you to park. The same way they got that red mark and say this is a fireplace. You can't park here. All right, that's the law. And if, you, if they catch your car there, they can throw it away and make you pay for the tow. That's their law. Same thing about God. God's law is the thing that the people of God live by. Now, whether you accept it or not, whether you accept it or not, you're going to be judged by the word of God. When you stand before God, this is the thing going to judge you. Jesus said himself, I did not come to judge you. He said, but the words that I speak shall judge you. Now, they can accept society. They can accept their little friends from being homosexuals and laugh and play with them and talk with them. But if they're taking upon themselves not to warn them, oh, Lord, about God, then they're as guilty as the person who's doing it. Again, in the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel told the prophet, he said, look, I want you to warn the people. He said, when you see the sword come upon the land, warn them. He said, but if you warn them not, he said, then the blood I will require at your hand. This is what I'm trying to tell y'all. It doesn't matter what stand they take. It doesn't matter how they feel about it. it what matters is what God says. And if they say they're Christians, and they accept them because they want to be accepted by them as friends or fit in with the crowd, then they're as guilty as the person who committing that crime out there. Because they say they're Christians. They didn't heard the word of God. So now God holds you and I responsible. And so he said, if you don't warn them, he said, their blood I'm going to require at your hand. He said, but if you warn them, if you tell them right from wrong, and they forbear to hear you, he said, then their blood will be required at their own hand. Whether they believe it or not, that's God's word. Even ourselves, we need to know. My job is to teach it. My job is to tell you what God's word says, what, 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 what is the truth about it. Whether you're my son, you're my daughter, my granddaughter, or whoever you are to me, regardless, it could be my wife. My job is to tell it. Now, whether you receive it and live by it, that's between you and God now. But now I didn't wash my hands. My hands is clean now because I told you. Yes. And you have people that become an associate. Yes, many people. And I know you keep the word respect. Right. So could you, could there be a bus driver, a guy, a woman that you know that gay? Could be anything other than someone that you work with. What do you mean? Or sit down and have dinner with. You try to see how to 
Oh no, they ain't coming to my house. Cause guess what? I don't. Even, I don't. Even, whether it's straight or gay. I've been there nine years. I haven't been to one of the formal settings yet. Not one. You know what they asked me this year here, Mr. Evans? We know that you don't come to our events, but you could you stay and pray for us. We know you're going to leave, but just stay long enough to pray for us. None of the events. They be having, they be having all of that. It, like the, like, like what, I, what they asked me to stay in prayer, there was the ending of the year uh, banquet. They had the banquet. Everybody there, for one thing, is not saved, okay? And the things I hear that they talk about in me passing, I don't sit in the company. I don't, like I told my supervisor, I say, I have nothing personal against none of you. I told her, I told God is my brother. We stand in the house of God. I told her, I said, look, I don't have nothing personal against none of y'all. I said, I don't come to these events. I said, because I don't go along how these people are so hypocritical of one another. They hate and they talk about one another like dogs. I say, I hear it in the workplace. I can't help but hear it because it's being talked about. I said, but then they want you to sit down and break bread with them and laugh and talk in their face. I said, I don't go for that. I said, I don't go for that. I said, so therefore, I don't come. And the thing about it, the supervisors, they know. Even the head person over the, 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 the transportation board, they know that this go on, but they do nothing about it. And so she asked me, she said, look, we know you're not going to stay because you never come. She said, but could you stay and pray for us? I said, sure, I'll do that. And once I said that, and I, I, they call it convocation. Once I did the convocation, see, y'all, I was out of there. Went home to my wife. I was out of there. I don't stay for nothing. They have Thanksgiving dinners. They be having Christmas dinners. They even have to say, well, Mr. Evans, you want us to fix you a plate and put it on? No, you ain't going to fix me nothing. I'm going home and eat by my wife. I don't, I don't do that. See, you're going, to have to, you're going to have to take a stand. Look, whether you know it or not, somebody is paying attention. They didn't have a couple of people in Camden. Now, most of them there. Only one person, and he just started this year here, named Ralph, oh, redneck. He called me by my first name, Herman. I won't say nothing, the but most everybody there other than him, from the top person on down, Mr. Evans. And they got some of them that call, come and call me pastor. Pastor, what do you think about this? Pastor, such such thing is going on. Could you pray for him? Look, regardless of what stand you take, People are going to accept you or reject you for whatever reason that they have within themselves, okay? I'm saying that what God tells us is our job to tell somebody, tell, tell somebody else. And for us to see it and accept it as normality, as being normal or accepted by society, society is going to do whatever it wants to do. But we as a church got to take a stand. And I'm telling, I'm telling my grandchildren that when they sit, and accept this without at least taking them to the side. You ain't got to expose them or make them feel bad, but at least witness to them. Once you've told them, then the blood is on your hands. But if not, then you're going to have to answer to God one day for this. We're all going to have to answer. The blood, their blood going to be required, because if they die in their sins, without you at least witnessing or telling them, then God frowns upon you as an individual, because you had the opportunity to tell them. Are you saying what you're saying? 
Well, he died because of sin. It's pain. Now, if this is a homosexual, I'm just going to lose this, or a homosexual guy said that they was on their way to New Orleans and that they wasn't going to let this place no fear in them, that they was, they, they was not going back into the closet. Listen at, listen at this. When, when, the wrath, when the wrath of God hit Sodom and Gomorrah, their daughters, the wife, Lot, they all saw the destruction of that city. God told them, when you leave, don't look back. Lot's wife looked back, the Bible says she turned to a pillar of stone, a pillar of salt. The two daughters got over into the mountain and escaped Sodom and Gomorrah. And what happened? They committed incest with their own daddy because the sins of Sodom was still in them. You, it's got to be up to each person to want to accept God, not people. Now the thing about it. Matter of fact, the guy made a statement when he did it. He said, "You remember what happened in 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 North Carolina at the church?" He said, "I have nothing against black people," and he shot up all those. In the mayhem. But once he calmed down and he saw, he, he, he said, look, I don't have nothing against you. I'm trying to make to my children. And even to myself. To what I opened up to myself, I'm not going to be Thank you. 
blinders that the devil put on you. Now, I'm not talking about it. 
our master. That was before it became law. This was before it became law. Because each state was adopted a policy. It wasn't no it wasn't no, no national law. It was a state law. Some states was accepted. California didn't have accepted. They didn't have married women with women and men with men in California. That's why a lot of people went to California and lost Vegas to get married. But then the, 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 because we had got governors and senators and, 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 and congressmen that were gay, they pushed it in Congress. And so each state was trying to, uh, they were saying that each state, they were giving them the opportunity to vote on it. At that time, Obama, if you can remember your, 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 your policy, Obama said that and said nothing at that time. But when states began to adopt that policy, and it was states that was given the, 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 the electoral vote, then he started speaking for it. Think about it. Most of the states that adopted was where you had your most electoral votes came out. And so then he started speaking for it. Now, time will only come to chat. What did anyone of his daughters been trying to get? And not only that, when he is not if that's when it's going to all come out. We're going to find out. Biden. Oh, uh, yes. It's introducing our churches. It's introducing our schools. Matter of fact, before we before Hurricane Katrina came, we found out from our own children that the teachers were turning children out back there in their Perry Walker right and left and turning them into little lesbians. And and, and if we don't watch out and we allow our children to be corrupt over these children in society with this, there's no telling what could happen to our own children and grandchildren. That's why we, that's what Bible study is all about. To bring these type of things up. Not to talk against anybody. Not to make anybody feel bad. But to bring an awareness. That's what Bible study is about. To bring an awareness. How serious a matter this is. say that we should not partake, not partake in another man's sin. And so when we accept people, then we are accepting what they do, and therefore, therefore it makes us a partaker in what they're doing. And I'm going to close with this. Now, say, say, talk, talk to me about the same with alcohol. Say it with, with, uh, Who? What about what? About alcohol. In, in the book of Proverbs, it says that Strong drink is a mockery. No, wine is a mockery. Strong drink is raging, and whoever is deceived thereby is wise. Look in, I believe it's the 20th, 20th chapter of the book of Proverbs. So I, 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 I was, I'm not a drinker, but I was a drinker. 
but every once in a while, I'll take a little, yeah, yeah but that's whatever. Am I wrong? And look what happened in, in that case. Two girls being raped based on that. After drink. The one out there in prison. And the other one, they just talked about the other boy. So all the other things in there. You have a picture of this girl. Gang rape. Well, what about all these allegations towards Bill Cosby, and and, and all these allegations they made towards him? And what, what, how did he did to get him? If he did this, if it's, how did he do it? To drinking, they was drinking, and he slipped the pill on them. Do you remember this guy 
that was the athletic director at, at, at Penn State called Sandusky. He violated those little kids at these summer camps for years, for years. And, and, and the one who's coaching the, the Texans that was under him had some kind of knowledge of it. He even had to go to court and answer some questions. But what I'm saying, he had did this for he had did this for years. But how long? But I'm trying to tell you how long they had the privileges of doing this to those kids. But the day came that the rug was pulled. For, this is my point. It doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't matter
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.